Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I inspire you to take action with stillness, let go of chaos, and step into your future self on this podcast. We have special, high-performing guests each week who share mindset tips and their spirituality, helping us all prepare to be the best we can be for our future. Let's dare to move. Welcome back to the Dare to Move podcast, where we talk about pretty much everything. (laughs) Um, Anything that has to do with motivation, inspiration, going after what you in some way, shape, or form believe is possible for yourself, even if today you only feel like maybe it's 1% possible. Any percentage counts. So what's really funny, speaking about what we talk about on this podcast, is that I was on a client call who is this client is working on a product. I actually have two clients working on taking products to market, which is so exciting. Um, but I realized we were, they were asking some questions. I'm like, okay, I feel like I've had this talk with some really successful brands before, but I was like, I've never coached a big, big brand. Like, who, you know, how do I, and then I was like, oh, duh. I interviewed the CEO of Kodiak Cakes, you know, in episode 40, or I interviewed the CEO of Gravity Blankets, which is a DTC brand. And I interviewed the CEO of Cleo's Alcohol. And, and, you know, we spoke a lot, if you remember that episode about pitching to investors. So if you happen to be listening today, um, obviously we're going to talk about talent and the ROI of talent. If you are considering hiring someone or building a company or working for a company and you are maybe feeling undervalued, um, I, I also recommend checking out those other um podcast because I haven't shed light on those in a while and it just feels important to bring those up. So today, where am I in the world? I am in New Hampshire. Um, I still owe you guys and and myself a a very personal episode that will be coming. My, um, I had a pretty bad injury this summer and it led to some health stuff and lots of traveling during a pandemic and a lot of things. And Amongst all of that, this brand new house my fiance and I are living in. And so I'm going to bring him on. Hopefully, um, you're going to hear this on Wednesday. I'm going to hope to record it with him on Thursday for next week. So um, fingers crossed that works out because there's so many exciting um, things to share and he's always so wise. So he will be back on. But today we're going to talk about the ROI of talent and investing in talent in a company. And the reason this one is standing out to me today is because part of what I have found my way into in my business during COVID is working with small business teams. So I have a couple clients who are either the founders or high-level executives on teams of, let's call it four to 10 people. And there's some really intricate things you can do with structure um, that will provide the employees um, a lot more, what's the word I'm looking for, Um, empowerment in their place so that the entire company grows, right? The return on investment is huge. And an investment can be time. So time spent working with a coach or facilitator, time um, and or money spent um, really organizing a team with intense 
um, intention. But beyond looking at structure, we're going to talk about a multitude of things today. And I am by no means the expert, but I am speaking from observation of what I am working on right now um, with my clients and their teams. And also from my experience as an employee of companies before. So in the event that you are not a business owner um, and you are an employee and not necessarily sure if you're in the right company, I'm going to start with what it's like to really have your, what's the word I'm looking for? The, your back to someone having your back when you are working for a big corporation. And then we're going to move into the ROI for the, um, employers on the other side. Now, if you are a business owner and you're like thinking about having some sort of leadership teacher or, um, strategist or, diversity and inclusion workshop coming in, something to do with your talent in your company, but you're not sure about it, please don't fast forward because learning, you know, seeing it from the the, the lens we're going to look through first, which is the um, employee's side could be helpful. So to get started, um, I guess let's talk about well, I'll go through my limited experiences as a as an employee, um, and I don't mean limited. I mean it's all valuable, right? But I've worked for myself for the most part um, since 2014. But my first job was in a uh, for a small company, 20 people, and there was not a lot of communication going on in that office. It was very disjointed. You had really talented SEO professionals and Google Ad. Um, kind of more like tech wizards um, on a big part of the office. And then you had salespeople and then you had some admin people. And the salespeople kind of got the glamour and the glory, but really the products they were selling were totally based on the tech wizards, right? So those tech wizards were the talent. And I was kind of caught up in the middle as an intern turn entry-level salesperson. And I can assure you that because of the amount of care I was given, I don't feel as though the tech wizards that were, you know, the foundation of the company were getting a ton of attention, but what do I know? Because I was actually moved, and this speaks to the attention I was given, to a cold call center to have my skills in sales completely um, developed. And what was so cool is the CEO who ran this cold call center and basically let companies lease space and sometimes people to do cold calls um, there was a phenomenal man. So phenomenal, in fact, that he is one of the very first podcast guests I hosted on the show. I think it's like episode, it's somewhere under 20, and his name is Joe Flanagan. And he was about... It was almost like he had a gospel and he made all the employees learn it. And I would say the way he invested in his talent, his salespeople, was teaching and listening. It didn't matter how busy this guy was. If you asked him to do a coffee meeting, he would book you in. In fact, I went to get coffee with him two or three times and I only worked there for three months. And there were over 150 employees at the cold call center. So at a very young age, I was tipped off to what really good leadership looks like and what, um, what's the word, community looks like in an office. If you listen to that episode, if you vaguely remember it, he actually pulled everyone together every morning for an 8 a.m. meeting 
And, you know, 150 people would stand in this big, large circle. He would call people out. He would quiz people on something he had taught or his five pillars of sales. And everyone felt as though, even though we were working for different teams, like we were very much a part of something bigger. And even if that something bigger was a group of people who care about their own growth and progress. It was very impactful for me. Now, flash forward, I worked for a real estate company and it was kind of like you're on your own. They didn't have a formal training process, small company. And again, I'm going to speak through the lens today of small companies. And um, one, because it's my experience, not only coaching, but also on the inside, I guess Barry's the biggest corporation I've ever worked for, but um, I started when it was still small. So we're going to look through that lens because there is a way that you can take principles that small businesses are implementing and scale it. Anything is possible. And sometimes it's easier to look through the lens of a small business um, be, instead of working backwards, um, taking what a small business is doing and applying it to the bigger um, scale um, as 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 is you can create. So the other the other side of this too is a lot of the people that I'm attracting at this point in my life are owners of small businesses, whether they are legitimately the only person in their business and they're solopreneurs, or they have a team of, you know, two, three, four to 10 people. And so that's why I want to look through this lens. So with this company, I work for this real estate company of 20-ish people. They were kind of passing me around my first three weeks, like, we'll go to this person's office in Indiana and like learn from her. But then that person was like, well, here's a binder of stuff and read through this. And, you know, I felt like a pain. And then because I didn't really know the rules or the structure I was working within, I didn't really know how much action to take or how much to like wait for the boss to to give me. So without any sort of structure, I was sort of floundering and that's totally not in my nature. You all know me very much a go-getter, but I was not sure how long my leash was, if that makes sense. So from the get-go, a lot of the things I work with, um, work with my clients on is the onboarding process and how much, um, of an impact onboarding someone can develop them from day one into a place of empowerment. And that's kind of what we're working towards today in this discussion is that the ROI of your talent is how empowered you can get people. So your return on investment that you put into your talent is their own empowerment and what they do with that empowerment. But without structure from day one, they are going to lack empowerment. Now here is one of the best, my absolute most favorite simple equations or sort of definitions of empowerment that I've ever heard. It was on Keneal Joyce's Allowed podcast with Dr. not Dr. um, with John Foster. And John Foster said, empowerment is capacity plus freedom. Now we all know there has to be law and order in, in our world and in our companies, aka the structure. And as long, if you have a solid foundation of structure in place, the freedom is able to flow 
within certain confines. So the idea of capacity plus freedom is the capacity of the person. Like how talented are they? What are they capable of? What are their gifts? What are why did you hire them, you know? And then with the freedom you give them, they can work and spread their wings and do their job. They're not micromanaged. The reason I believe micromanaging happens is because there's not there's either not clear guidelines or instruction, which is what I experienced at this real estate company. Um or there's literally just no structure to play within. So the person above fears that the person below is floundering, in which case most of the time they are, because if there's no structure, then there won't be. So what is structure? Structure has to do with the, uh, in you know an older format, the rules and regulations, but it's getting, in my opinion, and especially I think Nancy Klein, um, one of my favorite teachers, I've never worked with her, but read her books, would argue um, is is the communication structure. So how does communication work within your company? If you if somebody does not feel comfortable connecting with someone because they're not sure if it's normal to reach out or not, or there's no structure in place for communication, then there might end up being a dearth of it because the lower person doesn't want to poke the bear or speak up and be reprimanded, et cetera. So structure is not just um, come to work at eight, leave at five, because it can, that, that also doesn't even need to be there, right? If there's here are your responsibilities, here's or here's the project we're working on, or here's our company's goals, what can you do to achieve them? Again, that's more commonly in a small business where there's a lot of freedom. But even still, the structure is most often started with communication. So if I have a company that is a team of three people, the very first thing we're going to talk about is when do they talk? How do they talk? What is the format of which they run their meeting? Do they go around a circle? Do they all get fair time? Does one person dominate? Like who has to take the notes? What's the follow-up? Are there conversations, are there side conversations? Is there crosstalk? That is a structure. When everyone's on the same page of a structure, there's freedom to talk openly. There's freedom all around. So structure starts, in my opinion, with communication and how it flows within a company. Now, with on the employee side, if you know that you have the responsibility of communicating XYZ once a week or once a day, then you do it and nothing gets left behind because it's a responsibility, aka it's a structure, and you're free to operate within that structure. I did not have anything of the sort at this real estate um, company. Now, I'm going to shift gears um, before we go into more of like strategy. I kind of segued into that for if you are a small business. And we're going to talk still from the employee side. So when I got to Barry's boot camp, there was a lot of structure in place. But, and I think I mentioned this on the last week's episode, there was still structure the structure was broad and strong enough to hold space for a lot of freedom so i'm going to go through some of the positives of that because barry's is a perfect example just like a software company wherein the business only exists because of the talent so if you are the ceo of a company or sorry we're not going to go there yet we're going to stay with the employee side if you are an employee of a company that only operates because of your gifts and talents, then you better look at, make a list right now of what have they done to support you, to empower you, to encourage your growth, help you continue with education, or 
provide you with resources that you don't have to pay for yourself for continuing ed, um, personal growth and development, etc. Because they don't have a business without you. <laughs> like Barry's is that example. So Barry's has uh, fitness instructors and they provide a beautiful structure that's like, okay, you have to teach a class that's this many minutes that ha- that is covering these body parts and their structure in like, when do you turn the lights off? When do you let people into the room? Or when, you know, how many, they set the structure of how many people are even allowed to go. Or maybe they tell you how many hours you can work. But once you're in that room, it is my intellectual property that is teaching that class, right? It's my gifts and knowledge, my motivation. Um, I should be saying all of this past tense since I don't work there anymore. But when I did, if I wanted to teach a really cool creative squat combo on leg day, I had full permission to do that, right? Um, whereas um, Orange Theory actually makes the instructors teach a pre-written workout by, you know, the, the powers that be. So there's a lot of freedom um, to really exercise my capacity. Now, here's the thing. The reason that Barry's at one point was such a, a brilliant place to work for is because in a situation where your business is run off of the talent, again, like a, like if you're a soft, like Apple is going to really rely on its developers and its engineers to create the products that they sell. Um, computer, a lot of tech companies are in the same vein. Um, if you aren't paid really well, then you're probably at the wrong company because um, if you are if you're not easily replaceable because you do have a unique set of gifts and skills that you know are aligned to you and your soul and it's the perfect job for you and you're not paid well, that's a conversation you should have. This is also just a side side note. Um, when you're in a talent-based um, business, you, you have a lot of, of power to ask for the money that you feel you deserve. It's always a conversation. So just a side note. But when... The company, but in my experience, the first, let's call it three years I worked at Barry's, there was a lot of beautiful things with, hey, we are going to pay for continuing education up to this amount of money. Or would you like, would you guys like us to do a workshop, you know, at the studio this weekend so we can all learn, you know, XYZ? So that is investment in talent, making the talent really sharpen their, their skills and their tools. And the ROI on that is having even better talent. So in certain companies, it is really, really important. But if you, it's not the only way. I mean, obviously, if you have a company that has a huge amount of admin to do, you could argue that your admin team is the talent and you want them to feel like they have, they are allowed to exercise their capacity um, and they have freedom to do that. And so perhaps for the somebody who maybe doesn't feel like their talent, that the structure that needs to be put in place is still on the communication side. Are their voices heard? Are they allowed to speak up when they're overworked? Are they getting paid well? Are, you know, these are all questions that um, when a top level um, senior leader or in fact the CEO of a company, when they spend a dollar or a second on anything that has to do with the people in the organization, they are investing in their talent. And that is what moves the needle in the business. If you're selling widgets, 
then again, who, who's making the widgets? Maybe those are the people, if, if it's in-house, that um, are your talent. But if not, there still needs to be a level of communication because if you have a supply chain team that doesn't communicate well or they're miserable, you're not going to go anywhere. So I can look at this from so many angles, but at the, at the end of the day, you have to invest in your team and or in all of your employees at some point or another. And we see programs like um, with insurance benefits or um, companies paying for their clients' gym memberships or um, bringing in a, a fitness trainer to come teach classes. I mean, these are all nice investments into the team, but where a lot of people are moving the needle right now is on very close um, close and personal growth sort of leadership and development um, courses and programs and or strategies. So one is diversity and inclusion. Um, companies like Barry's that have a chief people officer or True Car, in fact, that's where John Foster works, that have a person in charge of making sure the people are well are going to have major return on investment because in fact, it might just make someone want to stay and feel valued and feel seen and feel like they aren't just a number. And so whether you're doing a diversity and inclusion workshop or you are bringing in someone to look at the communication structure in your company, every dollar you spend is going to have an impact. And if you haven't thought about this before, that's okay. These are things that... Um, not everyone has historically felt they have time to think about. And in fact, if you have a company of over a thousand people, it could feel quite daunting. But guess what? You can start small. You can start with just your leadership team. You can start with the home office because if each of those people feels heard and empowered and feels really good in whatever communication structure you settle on within let's call it the you know headquarters team, they're going to trickle that down to whomever they are managing. And so it's a very powerful place to lead from when you're looking at the people in the organization versus just the output. But in business, everybody wants to make money and we want to move the needle on the outside and look externally on the output or the growth or the bottom line. But if if time wasted between two employees not getting along didn't help your output, then putting together a communication strategy that takes time and or money to help two employees not get into situations like that, then yes, your return on investment is pretty easy to find. So um, side note here, if you are a coach in the space, the thing that I've been taught is powerful in order to kind of sell your own services is to actually get the ROI. So, and I'm actually working on um, my own strategy of how to extract that from the two clients um, that I'm actually working on, working with right now, who um, have in implemented new strategies for their small teams. It's like, okay, well, how do we wrap our arms around exactly what changed? And maybe it's going to take time, but if you can actually extract that information, and talk with the CEO and say, okay, so what did we actually do here? 
then it's not just all about like feel good, you know, butterflies and warm fuzzies of, oh, well, we all feel better now. It's like, no, you really want to look at the bottom line of are people showing up to work more? Are people like not motivated to call out sick because they actually want to be here because they like the environment. They like the structure. They understand the expectations. They have freedom to work within that. Um, Again, the the companies that I've enjoyed working for, um, I did work for a small brokerage, in real commercial real estate. And I absolutely loved it because it was like, look, you don't have to come into the office. You don't have to, you know, do X, Y, Z. It was just like, get the job done, make the calls, connect the people, fill the spaces. And if that means you take Friday morning off because you have a doctor's appointment and you're going to do your work, you know what I mean? Like there was, I would say it was on the, the spec, the farthest end of the spectrum of freedom. But, um, and, and I will say, Candidly, I did struggle at points because I wasn't sure what the expectations were for a very long time. And I thought I knew, but then I would second guess it. And finally, I got the guts to be like, okay, wait, are these the expectations? Am I working within them? Obviously, I'm thinking everything's fine because you haven't said anything. But again, that stress on me, again, hard to measure. But if I'm stressed out about am I working enough or am I not and I'm missing doctor's appointments that might have been important because I'm scared if I'm not at my desk for an hour that something's wrong, then my my work level isn't going to be as high as it would have been, right? Stress is not good. So when we think about true empowerment, There has to be structure for it to exist within. Structure is the masculine. It's the container. It's what, where are we? What are we doing here? So we have the container within our communication. We have the container within our actual job roles and responsibilities. But then we also have the container within our culture. What's the structure of our culture? You know, does everyone in your office look the same? Are people free to express themselves in a certain way or not? These are all under the um, the umbrella of structure. And with structure comes freedom. So um, silly example, but if you have a school that says, you know, there's no uniform, but you have to wear closed-toed shoes and pants. You can't wear shorts. Okay, now we now we can have freedom within that. I could wear khakis. I could wear corduroys, you know, all the things, but I can't wear shorts and I can't wear sandals. Cool. Got it. Understood. Now I'm not stressing about it. So what part of your ROI that I've hit on now multiple times is reducing the stress of your team. Everyone is on the same page because the structure is very clear. But again, the fine line is not to overdo it where people lose their freedom of, um, you know, you have to be in your desk at this time and you can't take a minute longer than an hour lunch break or whatever. So a really interesting um, study to look into is Netflix's corporate culture from its early days because they went on the far side of the spectrum of freedom and it actually didn't work out because again, I will say it again, structure is very important. So um, if you go back to some of my earlier episodes, there's one with a guy named Tom Willerer. He's now, um, I'm t- he's changed companies a couple times since that episode, but he was one of the original members of the Netflix team when Netflix first started. He was um, a product manager, I think. I'm totally spacing that. But he is phenomenal and talks a lot about the culture in that episode. So when we think about um, what this comes down to, 
I'm speaking from the heart here because I am all about the bigger vision in life and where you're going. And the bulk of my clients are solopreneurs. And when we want to scale, there's only a couple options sometimes. (laughs) Charge more money or hire people right? So we want to start thinking about what it might look like to have people on a team with you. Because if you want someone to work under your name or your company's name and carry the values of the brand, they have to care about the brand and you have to be able to communicate that in order for them to care about it and then give them the structure within the, the, which they can work and enjoy the work because they're bringing their capacity again their true gifts skills and soul within the freedom that the structure provides so i don't have any perfect examples today to share with you of roi because there are a million other ones out there but from my clients that's what i'm working on right now is extracting that i'm very new into this but i love sharing as i learn um i always have (laughs) that's what i did with my blog when i learned something about bodybuilding i would post about it so this is kind of um the sandbox i'm playing in right now i am obsessed with it and if you are a solopreneur who is thinking about growth or scaling and unsure of what to do with talent or you're somebody who thought they were scaled but realized they've spent zero dollars working on their talent or you don't feel like your team talks to each other or there's any sort of cohesion with things, please reach out. My email is in the show notes and um, I can not only point you to some resources or we can talk about working together. There's a lot of options here. Finally, if you are a an employee and are feeling undervalued, just know there are, I mean, we all know the the legends and the myths, which are not really, they're probably all true, of Google and how Google has supported its employees from day one. And they, there's been a learning curve there. I, I heard from someone who actually worked there that they actually got into some trouble with the amount of freedom that they gave. But you have to feel valued at your job and empowered, capacity plus freedom. And right now, if you're not experiencing freedom or you're in a talent-based business and you're not being paid well, like reach out to me. That's something I would gladly talk you through, um, whether that's talking through how to ask for a raise or um, what your options might be because you want to be in a place where you feel empowered in your life. Being empowered in your life will reduce stress and it will increase your output. And when our stress is gone, we feel better in our workouts. We feel better with the food we eat. We just feel better all around. So I hope that you as a business owner are now motivated to invest some time and money into your employees. If you're thinking about hiring, you're going to reach out to me to ask me questions about this, getting really clear on your structure before you hire anybody. And if you're interested in scaling up, please reach out as well. This is something I am super passionate about. I'm deep in the studies of and real-time experiencing. And pretty soon, I'm going to have one of my clients come on to talk to you guys about his ROI in this process. So thank you so much for listening. I am going to link the episodes I mentioned with the CEOs of Gravity Blankets, Cleo's Alcohol Brand, and Kodiak Cakes because they are phenomenal, especially if you are interested 
in growing a business that is product-based. So check those out. Check out my website. If you'd like to do a consult, you can book with me there. And if you are loving these episodes, please feel free to write a review. It is super helpful. Or share it with a friend, post it on Instagram stories, and tag me. I'll give you a shout-out, and we can chat in the DMs. So hope you're well. Um, Look forward to episodes with my beloved fiancé coming up. And stay healthy. And as always, dare to move.